so glad you made it. And we have a great reward for you coming all this way. Two off-Broadway shows with fantastic stories. So why don't we just get on with it? Our first show takes us to the Gene Frankel Theater, where we saw friend of the show Adam Carrar's latest show, The Karkopofsky Variations. It's a very brilliant story, very brilliant writing, um, so natural and so conversational. I'm really glad that I got to see this um, after interviewing Adam on Whisper in the Wings. Um, it really is a clever show. Um, the set was incredibly simple, basically three chairs and a wall meant to emulate like giant windows. Think like the a wall, like a sky club or something. Lighting was fantastic, did exactly what it needed to do, you know, focusing our attention, whether it be stage left, right, center, what have you. The sound was fabulous. Um, loved the idea, uh, using the idea of air travel to move us through the story. So hearing flights being called throughout uh, to move the story along was wonderful. Um, basically gathering at a... Um, uh, a lounge at the Delta, they called it the Admiral's Lounge, was the, um, like that was the central gathering point for all of the inciting incidences. So um, the choice of music was really fantastic too. You know, obviously uh, a clarinet was the bass, uh, the thing that tied the daughter to the father, uh, Julia was the daughter. Um, but there was also use of jazz because she loved jazz. She wanted to be a jazz musician and, and obviously classical. Love that the love of music and the struggle with it is the strong bond between father and daughter. Um, that was really powerful and important. You know, um, the small space really created an intimate feeling and allowed us as an audience member to become a character ourselves in the show. Um, it... It was very similar to um, the Babcock at the University of Utah. Very small theater, maybe 100 seats. Um, and so I was in the front row and I just, I did. I felt like I was part of every conversation. I was there with the family in every moment, which was really wonderful. The actors were so genuine and fantastic. They really, really have a great and fantastic or had a really great and fantastic relationship and connection with each other um, that was really gripping, you know, because you had three brothers and then their mother and then the daughter, Julia. Plus then the the um, the stepmom, the new wife, later on in Act 2. Okay, so now let me just ask you, so was this show about a family? And yes. about how, was it supposed to take place at an airport or was that just part of the ambiance to create the scene? That That was like the... the the through, that's where everyone kind of gathered. Oh, okay. Because the three brothers were always traveling. Okay. So it's like they always seem to meet up at a and sky it. club. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just the the relationships formed were, and, and hearing how deep they ran and whatnot was really, really awesome. Um, the actor playing Lawrence was amazing, and he had this mystique about him that made us look closer as if he was... Hiding something deeper, like he just there was just like this aura. His stage presence made us go, hmm, something about that. Like, yeah, there's something going on there. Um, the actress playing Julia does a great job acting not only as herself but also as a narrator and bouncing around uh, in ages from 15 to her 30s. 
which is really, really great. You know, she starts off by, I would say she's in her 30s and <coughs> says, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a melody or something like that. And then we flash back to when she was 15, you know. Um, and she does a great job of that, you know. Uh, a la Deborah Messing and Birthday Candles, you know. Um, it just was just a really brilliant story, a brilliant written piece of theater that kept me engaged and invested the entire time. I would love for it to get published so I could read it. Um, it was really, really wonderful. Sadly, the show closed on May 29th, 2022. The second show we attended takes us to Theater 555, where we saw a modern take on a classic. We were treated to a wonderful musical, Romeo and Bernadette. Romeo, Romeo. Wherefore art thou, Romeo? Uh, no, this was wonderful. This was cute and fun and zany. It was outrageous and campy and, and it works so well. Um, it's a, uh, it's a musical. <laughs> Shocking. Um, but basically... A guy's on a date at a community production in the 60s of Romeo and Juliet, and he took this college girl to show, like, oh, she likes high art, and look, maybe I'll take her to this, and then, you know, there can be afterwards. We can keep the date going, if you will, you know. And she was not interested. And he says, oh, but, you know, because they died. She's like, uh, it's upsetting. And he goes, oh, no, but that's not the end of it, don't you know? And he goes on to tell, like, oh, but Romeo didn't really die, neither did Juliet. What happened was, and he proceeds to tell her how the po the poison Romeo drank actually was like a strong sleeping potion, similar to what Juliet had. But because Romeo drinks so much, he ends up, like, sleeping for all these years. Then he wakes up in the 1960s, and now he's <laughs> looking for his Juliet, who happens to look like this mobster's daughter, and he follows her, like this mobster and his family are visiting Verona on vacation. Romeo wakes up, sees her, follows them to Brooklyn. And the story ends. <laughs> I know, it sounds absolutely like, what? Like, dude, you know nothing. Well, but no, but it sounds like, like if I, if I had this pitch to me, I'd be like, okay, like, how many hits in the bong were you when you came up with this? But I got to tell you, this worked so well it was so great it's so outrageous that it works so well you know what i mean mm -hmm. um and everyone is so committed that i'm like i'm buying all of this and i want more um the set was very simple but very effective for a small off off broadway theater they do such a great job with drop curtains and scaffolding and simple items like chairs and boxes and trash cans and i, I felt so immersed it was like jersey boys meets um a Bronx Tale, you know, it just, it was so good. The costumes were amazing. Oh my gosh, so good. Beautifully 1960s. The women's costumes in particular with these incredible shoes. I mean, it was designed to the, to the nth degree. It was wonderful. Um, the colors of the costumes were really amazing. Lots of greens, like neon greens and pinks and reds and purples. So very vibrant. Mm-hmm. Um, the men's suits were also fantastic, perfectly cut. Again, brilliant colors. Um, the satellite design, solid, flawless. 
the music was really clever. Not necessarily like super memorable, <coughs> excuse me, but lovely and entertaining and fun nonetheless. I okay. think <coughs> if I'd seen the show again, I would walk away and be singing all the all the songs. They were not forgettable songs, if that makes sense. It wasn't like a show that you're like, eh, none of the songs are memorable. It it just was one of those shows that like, I think it was it was that far far away that I I saw it that I'm like, okay, I can't exactly remember. And every time I think of the show, I keep thinking of a Bronx Tale, and I'm like, it's not a Bronx Tale. It's it's not a Bronx Tale. Get that out of your head. But it was. Oh my god, the whole show was just so clever. Um, I love the Easter eggs in the music. Um, so I went to school at the University of Utah, and in my program, one you know you you learn a, you, to sing classically. In everybody, when you're a freshman, the first song you learn, your first classical song you ever learn your first semester is Carlo Mio Ben, and that's the first like that, that is the Italian song that is sung throughout Carlo Mio Ben. And the minute they started singing that, I'm in the front row, and I literally laughed out loud. And I was like, I don't know if whoever wrote this music or this show knew I was coming, but I felt like this was a me moment, and I appreciate this. But they had all sorts of other little Easter eggs, little like old-fashioned mobster or musical theater Easter eggs throughout the entire show that I really appreciated. So it's an outrageous story, but they put a lot of extra thought into it. And I love that. The accents were phenomenal. Like, I'm dying with the Brooklyn accent, you know. Italy. Not Italy, but Italy. Forget about it. Unbelievable. You know, and I was just like, yep, all of that. Um, the stereotypes and the huge personalities were just so wonderful. Um, it's just a good, fun comedy with your typical stock characters, you know. Mobsters, teen lovers, stereotypical Italian Americans. Um, the Brooklyn references made in the show were fantastic. The show is just so ridiculous, but the cast leans in and it just sells it, and we have a good time. They're they're not trying to be more than they are. They're just having a good time for the audience, and the audience has a good time, so everyone's just yes. And to add to that, the entire cast is top notch. Beautiful voices, incredible acting chops wonderful comedic timing which I think is so important when you're doing kind of a ridiculous like on paper show if you're gonna ham it up you gotta have that comedic timing to have that like pratfall wah wah kind of you know ham and cheese comedy mm -hmm. and all of these actors <clears throat> nail that without being uh, patronizing oh that's good yeah so it was cheesy but so fun I the actor who played the changeling um the one with many hats was beyond amazing. He was so good. So good. Um, so it was cheesy, outrageous, zany. It was a cheesy gordita crunch. I, I loved every minute of it. It was just fun. Um, if, if people were here for longer periods of time, I would. I would say, you know, go see this. It's just a fun night out. It really is. Sadly, the show closed on July 10th, 2022. And this concludes this episode of the Broadway Bulletin. Be sure to tune into our next edition coming out every Tuesday and Saturday. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez. And I'm Hope Bird. Reminding you to turn off your cell phones. Unwrap your candies and keep your mask on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you.
If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Booga Blue by U.S. Army Blues. Other music on this episode provided by Loyalty Freak Music and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.